I got stuck in this depression for a few years of high school and a lot of um, what I got stuck around was not knowing how to take action. And I just felt so much fear uh, around everything. I was like, okay, well, I experimented in this area of life and now I'm being told it was wrong and bad and I should be ashamed and I should have all this guilt. And so I'm scared to do anything because all the things that have felt most natural to me, I'm now being told <laughs> I'm bad for and my body is freezing up. Hi, welcome to This Isn't Me. My name is Veronica Jane. How you doing? I missed you guys. I hope that life, I, I trust, I trust that life is bringing you joy, uh, that you're finding places to play, that you're being kinder to yourself, that maybe you've offered yourself a little bit of space. Maybe you've realized you don't need to work hard constantly, so much harder. Maybe you stopped shooting on yourself a little bit. Maybe you recognized you're ready and took some steps. Maybe you realized that life is a big experiment and that taking small and perfect steps means that you're in the process and that you can just trust that process and that any action is better than no action because our mistakes and our perceived failures can teach us so much. Oh, I don't know if you can hear that, but that's my sweet, sweet kitten expressing to me without language that she wants to get out of this room uh, by scratching on the door. So I won't be but a moment and we'll come back with today's self-limiting belief. Can't wait to share it with you because it's so present in my life right now. Okay, my dearest cat has had her needs met now. She's out exploring the rest of the house. And before I get into today's self-limiting belief, I wanted to do a couple of things. So as this has started and is gaining momentum, I thought I would uh, overlay a little bit of structure. So I'm going to, at this point, aim to release episodes on Mondays and Thursdays, Australian Central Standard Time, which from a fam back home on the never eat shredded wheat west coast i live in the west coast of canada when i'm there and the east coast of australia so i gotta check that on the west coast of canada that will be midnight on sunday and midnight on wednesday which means you wake up monday and thursday with these episodes available to you whereas in australia you guys can listen on your drive home so I hope that gives you a little bit of certainty and predictability and then you know when you can find this voice available to you twice a week. <clears throat> also wanted to say that if this is connecting with you, if the content's resonating with you, I really invite you to review and subscribe to this podcast and whatever your listening platform is. So wherever you're listening, if the this message is poignant for you, if these stories connect with you and support you, I'd love to get your review, that five-star review, and you can subscribe and share it with a friend who you think it will support. I really am trying to cultivate this recognition that vulnerability is tricky and sharing is really caring. So if this is supporting you, 
feel free to share. Perhaps it will offer someone else something in their life. Today's self-limiting belief is one that I have an intricate relationship with. And I will start from age 15 with a little tale that will possibly give you a bit more insight into my world and I hope will be relatable for some of you. I know that it will. When I was 15, I think I shared in my longer episode about my, um, a bit about me, was that I fell into, I don't actually know if I said it, but when I bumped into a lot of that shame and guilt stuff around evolving my sexuality and, and being told by um, the people in my life, my society, family, religion at the time, that I needed to feel shame for my sexuality and the development there, I fell into a really deep depression. I spent a few years in and out of uh, just central nervous system freeze, which is what I now know depression to be. And I didn't know how to be. I spent a lot of time in bed. I slept a lot. Um, I did mention I had a sleep disorder, which at the time I didn't know, and that definitely didn't help. I wasn't treating my body well, which definitely didn't help. So we'll go into that in another episode. Yet I got stuck in this depression for a few years of high school and a lot of um, what I got stuck around was not knowing how to take action. And I just felt so much fear uh, around everything. I was like, okay, well, I experimented in this area of life and now I'm being told it was wrong and bad and I should be ashamed and I should have all this guilt and so I'm scared to do anything because all the things that have felt most natural to me, I'm now being told <laughs> I'm bad for and my body is freezing up. That's a whole issue. And I've unlayered that through years of, of exploration. Yet what I want to share from that is in and out of my life, that indecision kept stayed as a common thread. I struggled with depression in high school. And then when I moved to Australia, I made a lot of shifts physiologically in my life. Again, I'll do episodes on that. But I started moving my body more. I changed the way I ate. A uh, large part was I just got a buttload more sunshine living in this climate. And I um, got the dopamine from that. And I started to adjust my life. And yet, still things were hard and in my mind um so much fear was there about like what if i mess up what if i don't choose the right thing what if i make mistakes and i was just terrified when i i only went back to university i only went to university at mm, 27 i think because i was so afraid i graduated with my first degree at 31 and the reason i share this is because what I learned through all of that and daily in so many ways is that I used to believe that fear meant danger. That my body feeling fear, which I now know is my central nervous system getting activated into this sympathetic nervous response. I'll do a whole episode on that if you like. And I froze. So there's a lot of getting back into that parasympathetic rest and restore response that was needed and a mindset that I had to shift. Because we live in a world now where 
years ago, I had a psychologist share this with me and um, I didn't hear it. I didn't understand it. And they didn't get into the physiology with me. I didn't know how to regulate my central nervous system, which I now know how to do. And I will share with you. And the language was helpful, not enough for me to change anything really then. What she explained, which many of you already know this, is our bodies as evolved animals have this response when they fear danger, right? Like we get adrenaline, cortisol, all these different hormones move through our body and our central nervous system gets activated into a sympathetic response where we're like, danger, protect oneself. And we can fight, flight, or freeze. Or in some additional broader frameworks, we could also fawn or fuck. So when I look at all of those, I'm just laughing because I've seeing all the different times I've done each of those things and a few of them at the same time. And um, when we're in that state, it's hard to make a great choice. And in the past, you know, as evolved animals, we had physical predators coming at us. And even now throughout human history, there's been some physical dangers. You know, when we are at threat of food or at threat of a, uh, our life, that's those responses are so valuable. And yet, a lot of times where those fear responses are kicked up are around things that aren't actually dangerous, our perceived danger. Our fear response comes up from things like public speaking. Clearly, that's not my fear. Or asking someone on a date or trying something new, enrolling in university, uh, moving across the world, taking a trip telling someone what we mean, what we need. And that realization that our fear response, our body, this beautiful body that has evolved, has trying to protect us. It's just there trying to keep us safe. And this fear response is actually not serving us anymore. It's sending us into sympathetic nervous response, fear response, fight, flight, freeze, fawn or fuck, when it's not needed and we need to get into that parasympathetic response where we can react or sorry respond rather than react when our forefrontal brain which is much more evolved in the most new part of our brain which helps us be logical and rational and and uh paced and reflective and responsive rather than reactive when that comes back online man we can really create things intentionally. We can make decisions deliberately rather than reactively. So this self-limiting belief that fear equals danger isn't real. At always. It isn't always real. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying when you have a fear response and a bus is coming at you, not to react. Like, do. Jump out the way. Okay? And we have to be discerning. Our body will try to tell us things that aren't dangerous are. When I figured that out, as I keep figuring that out, because I get stuck in fear still, as I keep remembering that, I get to take action anyway. I can feel afraid and act. I can feel afraid and take small and perfect steps. I can feel afraid and try. I can feel afraid and play. I can feel afraid and risk. I can feel afraid of love. I can feel afraid and insert whatever 
is feeling fearful for you. And like, guys, I don't know if the gravity of this is as relevant to you, but for me, it's life altering that I can feel a fear response. And now with the strategies I have, regulate my central nervous system so I can respond rather than react and go, okay, what was the fear there for me? What was I afraid of? So now I'm calm enough not to react. I'll think of an example. <laughs> Relationships are scary for me. I um, shared with you my story of abandon that came from early childhood. So when I feel vulnerable and that someone might leave, previously I would just react, right? And now I can go, okay, hmm, you're feeling fear. Where's that coming from? Oh, that's your abandonment story. Okay. So what do you need right now? Oh, you need connection. You need to feel seen and heard. Okay. How can you communicate that to someone? Because you're safe. You're loved. And, and then I can communicate my needs and wants or take action anyway. Say the hard thing. Ask for my wants and needs to be met. Um, be vulnerable. Another example is, yeah, when I... Um, you know, here's an example. Yeah, I, I studied a degree. I studied an uh, education degree. I'm a qualified primary school teacher. And that terrified me for so long because I didn't know what I wanted to do when I grew up. And it took me a long time and I'm creating it now. Um, and so I just didn't make a decision because I had this, like, I'm afraid. Um, and I'll link that to another self-limiting belief in future about failure. But I'm so glad I was afraid and did it anyway. When I walked across that stage and grabbed my degree, I just felt so much pride and joy. And even though now I'm like, <laughs> that degree was pretty much useless, I don't regret it because I took action. I learned so much through that process. I had I have a qualification that I've used as well, although many of us don't. I I was fortunate enough to, to apply it, and um, I'll speak more to that in future. Yet... It was just another example of being afraid and acting anyway, because there was no danger there. The worst case scenario was what I'd have four years of experience. I would have industry connections. I would have proven to myself how capable I was, you know, or like many of my peers, I would could have done six months, realized it wasn't the path for me and tried something else. There was no real danger there for me. And so I invite you to look at in your life, where are you afraid? Because you think something's dangerous and it's really not. Perhaps in your life, you're afraid of telling your partner what you need and it feels dangerous. What if you got to a place of calm and equanimity, figured out what you were afraid of and shared that with them? Renee Brown uses this amazing language. I don't know if she borrowed it from someone else. And I, I'm applying it in my life. It's the story I'm telling myself, right? So this is what my whole podcast is about, in a sense, is these self-limiting beliefs. So the story I'm telling myself is language you can use to share with people in your life. So what if, once you've regulated, you went to someone and said, the story I'm telling myself is that you're going to reject my invitation to connect by spending time together today. And that comes from my fear of abandon. The story I'm telling myself is that you don't want to spend time with me because you're too busy, whatever your example might be. But what if you looked at your life 
and looked at the areas you were afraid and recognized the false danger. Yeah? Or what if even though there was a tiny sliver of danger there, like emotional rejection is a danger, what if you acted anyway? Perhaps fear is an indicator from our body to take a step anyway, a small step, an alternate step, a side step, and yet still a step. Because ultimately, even if it's not the right step, it's moving us along in the process and it's exposing us to a little bit of fear and action and rewiring our our central nervous system, rewiring our brain for, hey, even though I'm scared, I can act. Even though I'm scared, I can take a small step. I can create anyway. Mm. That's my invitation for you is to look at your life. And and I do recommend small steps to start, especially if you're someone who knows you go hard and fast, um, which has been me. Uh, You can disrupt your central nervous system. You can terrify your brain and That's not an approach that's worked very many times in my life for me. I think there's value in that. So know yourself for some people. And I know we need to get comfortable in discomfort. And yet when it comes to fear, unless you're really aware of your body, once your central nervous system is activated, you can't operate from the best part of your brain. And you become that animal self, that monkey brain. So start small is my invitation. Perhaps you send me a DM. Maybe that's the fear. And you share uh, part of your journey. Perhaps you make eye contact with a stranger. Perhaps you smile uh, when you feel like the opposing. Perhaps you enroll in a course. Perhaps you go for a few hundred meter jog today, whatever you're afraid of that you know will serve you. What if you felt fear and taught your body, taught your brain that you can act anyway? Hmm. If you want to connect further, come find me on Instagram at this isn't me podcast. I look forward to seeing you there.